0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au.
1: Faith and worry cannot coexist together. When faith walks in, worry walks out. So we want faith in our life, not worry. It's been said, when you trust, you do not worry And when you worry, you do not trust.
0: There are so many opportunities to worry in our lives, especially here in 2020. But Pastor Greg Laurie says we have at least as many opportunities
1: to trust God. So let's face the obstacles with great faith that are before us. This is the day when the lost are found.
0: seem to come our way in droves, and when it rains, well, it pours. Have you ever been at the end of your rope? Somebody has said, when you get to the end of yourself, you get to the beginning of God. And the Bible is replete with accounts of God stepping in at the right place, at the right time, for just the right reason. Well, today in A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie shows us how God specializes in putting His providence and faithfulness on display. Get ready to see it case in point.
1: You know one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of David and Goliath. It's such a perfect story. We love to tell it to our children, but listen, it's not a fairy tale. It really happened. Of course, it's the story of a a young boy that was not appreciated by his father and his name was David, and he was sent on an errand. His brothers had gone to war, and his father wanted him to take some food to his brothers, basically it was bread and cheese. So effectively, David was making a pizza delivery, right? Or a quesadilla, if you will. He brings bread and cheese to his brothers, and as he arrives in the camp of the Israelites, he hears the voice of a giant oversized man down in the Valley of Elah, just bellowing out, send someone to come and fight me. That man's name was Goliath. Nine feet, six inches of solid muscle. Everyone was terrified of this giant of a man. No one was willing to go and fight him until David showed up. And of course, he went and faced off with Goliath. You no, know, an interesting thing about that story is Goliath wasn't just hanging around down in the valley saying, send someone to fight me. He was coming up into the camp of the Israelites. He was right up in their business, uh, taunting them right there. Hey, come on, man. Let's fight. And that's how giants are. You give them an inch and they'll take a mile. You say, Greg, what are you talking about with giants? I'm talking about giant problems. I'm talking about giant challenges. I'm talking about giant addictions. I'm talking about what you're facing right now. Maybe as you're listening to me, you are facing a gigantic problem. I have some good news for you right now. God is bigger than your giant. God is bigger than your problem. So the key is if you understand and see God as you ought to, you will see your problems for what they are. Listen, if you have a big God, you have small problems, and if you have big problems, do you have a small God? Now, I'm not in any way saying your problem may not be gigantic, because it could be, but I'm just saying God is bigger than what you're facing. So if you have a big God, in other words, if you see God in His power and His glory and His ability to help you, you're going to see your problem with the right perspective. But if your problem looms so large that you can't even see how God can get you out of it, then the problem is your problem is bigger than your God, and you need to change the way that you look at things. That is why the title of this message is, It's All How You Look at Things. Now, we're in a series that we're calling Water, Fire, Stone." And it's a series on the life of Moses. And we're back in the book of Numbers. Now, don't let that concern you. Because maybe, like you, you didn't do well in school in the subject of math. Oh no, I hate numbers. It's really not about numbers. It's, it's actually a record of the wilderness wanderings of the children of Israel. And now they've come to the very brink of the promised land. They're poised to enter in. So they send in 12 spies. 12 spies to check things out, to see what was ahead of them. And that's where we pick the story up here in Numbers chapter 13. I'm going to read from verse 25. And by the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men, or the spies, returned to Moses and Aaron and the people of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken back from the land. So these guys came back with a cluster of grapes that were gigantic. It took two of them to carry the grapes back. Imagine how big the peaches would have been. How about the watermelons? Those would have been gigantic. So they bring back this incredibly large fruits Verse 27, this was our report to Moses. We arrive in the land you sent us to see and it is indeed a magnificent country, a land flowing with milk and honey. And here's some of the fruit as proof. But the people living there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. And I'll drop down to verse 30 of Numbers 13. But Caleb tried to encourage the people as they stood before Moses. He said, let's go at once to take the land. We will certainly conquer it. Oh, but the other men who had explored the land with them answered, we can't go against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread discouraging reports about the land among the Israelites. The land we explored will swallow up any who go there. All the people were huge. We even saw giants, the descendants of of Anak. And we felt like grasshoppers next to them. And that's what we looked like to them. And all the people started to weep aloud. And they cried all night. And the voices rose in a great chorus of complaint against Moses and Aaron. They wailed, we wish we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness. Oh man. This is incredible. So 12 spies go in. 10 of them give a discouraging report to give an encouraging report. It all comes down to how you see things, how you look at things. First, there was the majority report from the 10 spies. You see, their problem was they did not see God for what he is. They only saw problems. Listen, God promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. God promised he would give them the land, but they ignored what his word said and put their eyes on circumstances, on obstacles, on challenges, on giants, and ultimately on defeat. That's because they had a small God, and thus they had big problems. But then there's the minority report. This is basically Joshua and Caleb. They saw the same obstacles. They saw the same challenges, but they also saw opportunities and great victories if they would go into the land. So here's what it comes down to. It's all how you look at things. We all face problems. We all face obstacles. We all face challenges and we all face giants. But can you see them in the light of who God is? Don't look at God in the light of your problem. Look at your problem in the light of God. Again, he's bigger than what you're facing. If you're taking notes, here's point number one. The problem here is they focus their attention on the obstacles rather than their objective. Let me say that again. They focus their attention on the obstacles rather than their objective. Uh, Numbers thirteen twenty-eight. they saw that people were powerful and the towns were fortified and the people were very large. Listen, obstacles are frightening things when you take your eyes off of the objective. When you fix your attention on the obstacle rather than the objective, fear will always eclipse your faith. Point number two. When you allow fear to grip you, everything is affected. When you allow fear to grip you, everything is affected. Look at Numbers 14, now verse two. Their voices rose in a great chorus of complaint against Moses and Aaron, saying, we wish we had died in Egypt, even here in the wilderness, and now you're gonna let us die out here? We would rather return to Egypt. What? Return to Egypt? these people had lost perspective. Have you ever been so discouraged you wanted to die? That's literally how they felt because they were allowing their fear to overwhelm them. Listen to this. Faith and worry cannot coexist together. When faith walks in, worry walks out. When worry steps in, faith walks out. They don't get along. Do you know some people that don't get along if you invite folks over to your house. Well, I can't invite this person and this person because they always get into an argument. Well, that's how faith and worry are. They, they cancel each other out. So we want faith in our life, not worry. It's been said when you trust, you do not worry. And when you worry, you do not trust. And so these people are facing difficulty, but every Christian will. Listen, the Christian life is not a cakewalk. It's a conflict. The Christian life is not a playground, it's a battleground. So let's face the opposite goals with great faith that are before us. Great to have you with us today.
0: If you've just tuned in, this is A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. He's also the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship. Now, he's bringing some observations from Scripture today as we learn how to adopt God's perspective in our obstacles in life. The message is called, It's All How You Look at Things.
1: Point number three, God does not want you to run from your giants. He wants you to attack them. Again, God does not want you to run from your giants. He wants you to attack them. Caleb and Joshua, they of the minority report, reminded the people in Numbers fourteen nine. Don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They're hapless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. So let's come back to our giants in life. Let's take that giant of addiction. Let's say you have a problem with pornography. Let's say you have a problem with drinking. Okay, recognize you have a problem. Bring it out in the open and the light of day. Make yourself accountable to someone and realize that you cannot do this in your own strength. Call on God and pray for his power and listen to this, attack your giant. Back to the story of David and Goliath. So there's Goliath in Valley of Elah. David goes down to meet him, armed with basically a sling and a stone. He puts a stone in the sling, and he says to the giant, you come to me with sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And then listen to this. David runs toward Goliath, whipping that sling around, getting the momentum. He was quite good with it, you know. And he let that stone fly, and like a missile, it went right into the forehead of Goliath, and Goliath collapsed forward, and then what happened? David went over to Goliath, took out his sword, and cut off his head. By the way, Goliath must have had a big head because he was a big dude, nine feet six inches. David's cutting his head off. It probably wasn't like whoosh, it was probably more like, <laughs> you know, took a while. Then he holds it up. Pretty gross. Greg, why are you giving us these details? People, this is in the Bible. The Bible gave us these details. So, what's the point? Don't just face your giants, defeat your giants, and when I say defeat, I mean cut off their head. You're saying, I have no idea what you're talking about. Don't leave any backup plan to go back and do that thing again. Take alcohol. Take the booze, pour it down the toilet. Don't just put it in the back cupboard so you can go to it later. If you have drugs, get them out of your life. you have pornography, get it out. If you have to cut off internet service or whatever, get it out. Make yourself accountable to someone that could look over your shoulder and see what you're looking at and know your passwords perhaps. But deal with these things. Deal with your giants. Don't let them conquer you. Again, don't look at God in the light of your giant. Look at your giant in the light of God. All right, so wrapping this message up what we're reading about in the book of Numbers has a lot to say to us today who are living in the last days. And by the way, I believe we're living in the last days. You say, what do you mean by that, Greg? What I mean is I believe Jesus Christ is coming back. I believe that Bible prophecies are being fulfilled before our very eyes. and That's a whole nother message for a whole nother time. But I think Christ could come back at any moment. So how should we live? Well, the Bible is very specific. And over in 1 Corinthians 10, it says, Speaking of the Israelites, all these things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the time when this age is drawing to a close. So if you think you're standing strong, be careful because you too could fall into the same sin. All these things happen as an illustration for us, for people who are living in the end times. The Apostle Paul is using the wilderness wanderings as an allegory. They were delivered from the bondage of Pharaoh were delivered from the bondage of sin. They wandered around in a self-imposed wilderness for 40 years, and we do the same when we take our eyes off the Lord and keep making the same mistakes over and over again. They had a choice to make, and you and I have a choice to make as well. Let's not take what God has done for us for granted. Let's not be looking at our shoulder and wanting to go back to the old life again, because the first step to going back is looking back. This is why Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Why should I remember Lot's wife? Well, she along with her husband and family were delivered by the angel of the Lord from Sodom and Gomorrah as God was destroying it. And the Lord said to all of them specifically, don't look back. But of course, Lot's wife did look back. And she turned into a pillar of salt. So Jesus says, remember Lot's wife. And Jesus says, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So don't look back, look forward. Don't look at your obstacles. Look at your opportunities. And in closing, look at Jesus. Everything I've said today is for a person who has put their faith in Jesus Christ. You see, Moses delivered the Israelites from the bondage of Pharaoh, And guess who died on the cross to deliver you from sin? Jesus Christ, God's own Son, came down to this earth on a rescue operation 2,000 years ago and died on the cross for all of our sin. And he rose again from the dead. And now he stands at the door of our life and knocks and says, if we'll hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in. Listen, Jesus has the answer to all of your questions. Jesus can give to you the hope and the certainty of life beyond the grave. Jesus can remove your guilt. Jesus can free you from your addiction. Jesus can change your life. But he will not force his way into your life. You must ask him in. As I said, Christ said, he stands at the door and knocks And if we'll hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in. Would you like Jesus to come into your heart? Would you like that big old hole inside of you filled? Would you like your guilt taken away? Would you like to know that you'll go to heaven when you die? If so, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. It's a simple prayer. And if you mean this prayer, God will hear it and God will answer it. And listen, kids, this is for you too. You might be four years old, five years old, but as you're listening to me, you're saying, do I have Jesus in my heart? You can pray this prayer with me, kids. But also you who are older can pray this prayer as well. Jesus said, he or she that would come to me, I would in no way reject. So he'll say yes to you, but you must reach out to him. Are you ready to do that? Then pray this prayer with me right now. Let's all pray. Pray these words out loud even. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. Now I ask you to come into my life and forgive me and give me the hope of heaven. Thank you for hearing this prayer and answering it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie for those who've wanted to make a change today in their relationship with the Lord. And if you were one of those who've just prayed that prayer with Pastor Greg and you've asked Jesus to be your Savior, we'd love to help you as you begin living the Christian life. Let us send you our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll help you walk with the Lord each day. We'll send it to you free of charge or obligation. Just call one 800 eleven for the New Believers Growth Packet to build a solid foundation for your faith. Well, next time, as Pastor Greg continues our study in the life of Moses in his series, Water, Fire, Stone, we'll take a candid look at an angry outburst on the part of the prophet, and we'll learn some important lessons from Moses' terrible mistake. That's next time on A New Beginning. copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called, It's All How You Look at Things. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-50-11. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media.
1: To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.